Welcome to Talking Allergies, the podcast where we talk all things allergies about all types of allergies in all kinds of allergy lives. From food allergies to environmental allergies, special guests, community stories, allergy and science giveaways and more. This is your allergy podcast for all things allergies. Hi Grace. Hi Melbourne. Welcome to another episode of Talking Allergies. Today we're talking food allergies. All things food allergies and food allergies are such a large allergy group within themselves and of course we're even the more commonly or familiar known allergies. They are. But what is a food allergy? A food allergy is an unpleasant uncomfortable and at times serious and life-threatening specific IgE-mediated immune-related response, allergic reaction, caused due to certain food substances. How does food allergy I do. Um, I have OAS, or oral allergy syndrome, which means I have to avoid certain fruits. Um, Pollen-related, funnily enough, um, which means I've got a sort of cross reaction with both the groups. Um, what about yourself, Grace? And I know we spoke about this in the last episode, but uh, for those tuning in for the first time, what food allergies do you have? Yeah, I have anaphylactic reactions to two of the top 10. The first is tree nuts, so often some pistachios in that group. And the second is shellfish, and I'm allergic to mollusks and crustaceans in that group. Wow, two of the top 10. So that would mean you've got a lot of fun. challenges to in different restaurants, Shopping for items in the supermarkets. Always triple checking products, so making sure that we're back to back. When you're in the supermarket, if you bring it home, and then obviously before you leave it as well. So, so what is the top 10? The top 10 are the top 10 foods that account for 90% of food allergies. Do you remember the top 10, Grace? I believe I do. Do you? Well, I know two of them. Two, two out of ten. It's because you just mentioned them. Oh. <laughs> so, so I know you've got, yeah, you know, and no, no particular order. Mm-hmm. So of course you've got tree nuts. Yeah, so tree nuts. My, my favorite. Yeah, and uh, shellfish. So see, I've got two. Oh right, so okay. just the two that I mentioned for <laughs> Um, milk, dairy, milk. That's on the list. It's on the list. So that's in a lot of different foods and. Yeah, and products, it's in a lot of places that you wouldn't expect it to be. No, um, another one is wheat. Wheat. You've gone with two of the most commonly used foods in products and in many different areas that you wouldn't expect it to be. I know. So that's all. Oh, right. That's all you got. No, no, I got, I've got, I've got more. I've got more. I'm egg? Still, I'm still, egg, egg, egg's a big one. Wow, there you go, egg. So egg. Now we got five. So, um, oh, I know. I'm going to name one that's probably not as well known, okay. but it's in the top ten. It just popped out of my head. Lupin. Lupin. It's actually a flower. A flower. It's, yeah, it's actually very pretty. <laughs> Not in products, though. When it's ground down and put into products, of course, not in its original form. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's six. Um, in number seven, in number seven, finned fish. Finned fish. I did pretty well, finally. Um, you do not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Um, soy, which is where it's got soy milk, soy beans. It does start as a a bean. It does, but then 
soy is just said as soy in the product. So when you're looking at soy milk, it uh, doesn't have that thing. Yeah, so we got eight, eight out of ten. Um, okay, in number nine, I've just remembered one. One that is probably, so I've had a lot of uh, anecdotally feedback on this one is that people, sometimes uh, people that don't have allergies to this, think that it's a nut, but it's not a nut. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Sesame seeds. They always get confused whenever you're at a restaurant. They go, oh, you're allergic to seeds or nuts or... It might be because of the way sesame seeds look, I guess. the the They look like a nut in some ways, I guess. But they're on a lot of different products, even like on the top of burger buns. They just add it on top. And number 10, and I've left this one last on purpose. I did remember it earlier. I just want to leave it last because sure. it's, it's it's the one that people sort of you go oh food allergies it's a lot of people go straight there peanuts that's probably the one that comes to mind most when someone outside of the food allergy community goes oh allergy you've got a barrel of peanuts that's right yeah and peanuts uh, of course they're they're not a tree nut so they might have the word nut in it but they are a different um, food to the tree nuts, which have, you know, what we talked about before, cashews, pistachios, hazelnuts, and the likes, even almonds. Um, peanuts are actually a little... Yeah, they are. They grow under the ground. Well, food allergens are quite a uh, interesting, diverse topic. And, you know, talking about the top 10 does allow people that have those allergies to the top to find foods and products and navigate that um, accordingly, especially as they do, as you mentioned before, they do account for 90% of food allergens. But of course, you can be allergic to foods outside of the top 10 as well. Certainly from foods like nightshade coconut. So if there's a food out that there's a chance that someone could be allergic to it, which is very important to get that testing done if you um, go speak to your doctor, a medical professional, understand what supports out there for you, whether it's testing, treatments, and so forth. Any moments you are uh, thinking, a reaction sorts get that checked. It could be a food allergy, it could also be intolerance. People to have food intolerances where the reaction is slightly different. Uh, so, for example, you can have a wheat allergy, but you can have a gluten intolerance. You can, or celiac disease, depending yes. on what is actually happening within the body. So, let's touch on a little bit about the difference between a food allergy and a food intolerance. Yeah, so effectively, in instances where the reaction due to food substances affects a person's digestive system instead of their immune system, this is not considered a food allergy, but known as a food intolerance. Yeah, and I talked a little bit before about the wheat, gluten, that we mentioned celiac. You've also got you know, like dairy, milk allergies, which uh, and lactose. Yeah, which lactose becomes the is the intolerance. So the, they do sort of sit in similar groups. So sometimes people that look at products and so forth can look at products that are completely without any, for example, dairy, lactose in general, or milk. It's really important to know whether it's an allergy. So if it's an allergy to milk, dairy, that you don't go, oh, this is lactose-free. It's actually not free of dairy. It can have dairy in it. It's just free of the protein lactose. So if someone does have an allergy, that allergies can be life-threatening as well. So it's really important to know what the person's allergic to and how they're allergic. So if they're allergic to the traces, whether they can handle traces or whether they can't. So 
like me, I can't handle the process. But uh, to know what the product is and what it contains. That's a really good point you bring up, Grace, in terms of, you know, foods found in different areas. Like with food, it's not just about foods found in foods, but foods can be found in products. It can, particularly in products you don't necessarily know or wouldn't be aware of. Like yesterday, I got given a wheat straw. A wheat straw? Yeah. So a wheat straw was given to me in a in a, a smoothie. So I had a smoothie and obviously I was talking about my allergens and I'm not allergic to wheat, but obviously I talk about food allergies a lot. So it's something that's always on my mind. And the smoothie came out with a straw and I asked, oh, what is this straw made of? Because it wasn't made of plastic. It wasn't made of paper. It was made of a product. And they said, oh, it's actually wheat. So there's wheat in the drink. They go, oh, but it's gluten-free. Yeah, okay, but it's still made of wheat. So it's important to know. It definitely is. And you know, we um, talk about allergen a lot outside of the podcast. Um, but it does become a very important communication of that if you do have allergies that you are communicating that to people uh, in all situations and with food allergies especially you may not think that it would be a situation that requires it but as you brought up a straw of all things you don't think a straw might be a traditional food not going to eat a straw but it, if it has weed in it you've got a weed allergy if you bring that up to the venue that you're at so where you were at and if you had brought that up before they might have given you a wheat straw not as eco-friendly, but still safe for a person that has allergies. It's really important to know what you are allergic to and what you're not. So that if they're in such things as cross-contamination in the kitchen, like if a plate stirs, actually that product is on all about food. So if you're going to a bakery that has egg wash glazes over every product, bar one, then it's more than likely that you're going to have traces and cross-contamination. So understanding and communicating what actually is that you're allergic to and what's in the products is really important. Yeah, and, you know, it's a good time to bring up kerosene on tell. So it's a, it's a nice little way to remember that if you have an allergy, a food allergy, of course, you know, you are carrying your emergency medication with you any medication that you need day to day, and that when you go into any situations, and with food allergies, you know, your restaurant, um, you could even be in a supermarket. You try to ask someone about a product, um, you know, date, uh, different circumstances. And if you've got a kid with food allergies, they might be going to school or different. They might be about to go on to stay over at someone's place. Is you show and tell the people or the circumstances wherever you're going to be, you show and tell them what allergies you've got childhood is to make them aware and to say what happens in a reaction to it's really important to say actually this uh, type of reaction i have is severe asthma or it's anaphylaxis there's my medication in the bag and some information on how to administer it's really important to know what reactions you have and what medications you need so why you're touching on emergency medications before Definitely, definitely. And, you know, we talked about the top 10 just before. It's about being aware that allergies are not just in the top 10, but the top 10 do does exist. So if people are all aware of things like the top 10, 
they'll be more accepting that there are allergies outside of the top as well because there are there are there are all types of allergies i mean i spoke to someone about my oes not long ago and they went fruit well yes like can't have certain fruits and people are just not aware that these sort of allergies exist but they do in the picture from forms but in the end by taking a few precautions ourselves we can prepare ourselves you know sometimes reactions happen they they do as much as i wish to say that we can work completely they they do and but if we're ready we prepare ourselves as much as we can we give ourselves the best chance to find a way to deal with it at the time they do even if you take every precaution possible there was one time where i took every single precaution told everyone about it tried to do the best for myself in the situation still ended up in an anaphylactic reaction but having those like having those steps that i was aware of having my emergency medication on me and immediately having someone called to the light was really important that that's why i'm here today so it's it's fundamental that you understand what the reactions are but also to carry it on top certainly and you know i think uh, organizations out there businesses and companies out there that are creating products for people starting with the jobs and for instance, other food related allergies is really wonderful it, it shows that the support is growing it shows that people are starting to take notice or more importantly it's giving people that have food allergies themselves give them options options to navigate different situations and continue living and do the things they love yeah it's fantastic that people are creating products that are free of the top print they are there and um in this episode we'll talk analogies i believe you caught up with a special guest you've got sharon from charlie's safe treat box yeah, Sharon is just a lovely woman. She is a food allergy mum with her child, but also she's created this business that has foods with the, uh, that are free of the top 10. That sounds great. And it's uh, free of the top 10. Is that how it's sort of? Yeah, so all the products that she does have are free of the top 10. And if you ask her, actually, I'm allergic to this product outside of the top 10, she's more than willing to um, allow. Well, that's enough of us talking about it. Let's tune in and listen to this interview. Thank you for joining the uh, Talking Allergies podcast. You're welcome. I'm excited to be here. So, Sharon, do you want to get started by telling us a little bit about you? Yeah. So um, I am an allergy mum and I have been for about 11 years now. Uh, so my firstborn son, Charlie, was diagnosed with multiple food allergies when he was about six months old. So um, before that, I really didn't know anything about food allergies, except that peanuts could be dangerous for some people was probably the extent of it. And um, yeah, so it was a quick learning process, not only to be a first time mum, but a first time mum to a child with multiple food allergies. So he's he was diagnosed at six months. Well, he had his first allergic reaction at six months to dairy. And then he had his first appointment with the allergist at nine months old. And they did skin prick tests, which uh, showed allergies for dairy, egg, peanuts, um, multiple tree nuts. And at that point in time, there was a possible soy allergy and sesame allergy, mm. which I had to do food challenges for. 
And fortunately, um, we didn't add those ones to our list. So you found out directly at the at the anaphylactic stage and then started the journey with Charlie. Yeah, well, I would say due to Charlie's wisdom as a six-month-old baby, he saved himself from having an anaphylactic reaction because um, we had, uh, he had been breastfed and then at four months we started introducing um, some more solid foods and he loved it. He is a complete foodie then and he was, or he is a complete foodie now and he was then. And um, he would have his mouth wide open every time I was introducing something new for him to eat. And at six months old, for the first time I tried some dairy with him, he sat in his high chair and he closed his mouth and he shook his head. And I thought, oh, that's unusual for Charlie. (laughs) And I thought, well, this is a, you know, a full fat Greek yogurt. I'll get a um, a flavoured yogurt. So I got a, a strawberry flavoured yogurt and the same thing happened. He closed his mouth and he shook it side to side. And I thought I'll just put a little dab on his lip and um, he'll lick it off and taste it and like it. And so I put a little dab on his lip and he broke out in hives in a minute or two. And I shudder to think what would have happened had he had a whole spoonful of yogurt because, A, I wasn't prepared, um, and, B, it would have been a a significant anaphylactic reaction based on how we know he's reacted to dairy after that. So, you know, I don't don't know how it is possible, but I've heard it with multiple other allergy mothers that their child, as a baby, just Mm. knew already and when I look back now he had so many symptoms with the eczema the you know screaming crying um, which would have been through the foods that I was eating uh, Mm. coming through the breast milk that he was allergic to Um, but yeah that was our introduction to food allergy life. Such a whirlwind going from nothing then just putting a little bit on the lip then to going to the allergist a couple of months later. Yes, yes. And at that time, um, I took a photo of Charlie with all the hives on his mouth and my husband's a GP and I sent him a photo of it and I said, I just tried to give Charlie dairy and this happened. Um, What do I do? And he just wrote back and he said, he's probably allergic to dairy. Don't give him any more or don't give him anything with dairy. Uh, But I think when he got home that night, he said, oh, well, they usually outgrow it by three or four years of age. And I said, Three or four years of age, <laughs> that's so far away. Yeah. And how am I supposed to avoid dairy for that long? And, of course, he got to three or four years of age and he still had an outgrown it. But, <laughs> um, yeah, you started to realise as well just how many products contain dairy as well. So many. And then you've got looking at the back of packs of everything from that point too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> mind-blowing <laughs> you didn't know much about allergies prior and then as soon as he was diagnosed what changed in your day-to-day life um I think because Charlie was our only you know baby or child at that point um there wasn't too much that really changed we didn't change what we were eating at home mm. and at that point 
I was advised by the allergist, if you are eating the foods that he's allergic to and you're still breastfeeding him and he's tolerating it, I guess, um, just continue doing that because, you know, you, it might give him a chance of helping him outgrow it. Um, if I had my time back over, I would have removed all of those allergens from my diet um, because it would have provided him relief in his body because it must have been impacting his tummy and making him feel uncomfortable. Um, so I, I think also you have the, I guess, the luxury when they're that age that um, I would be making all of his food at home. I'd be pureeing all the foods and taking it in, in containers when we went anywhere anyway. And mm -hmm. so he would eat that and, you know, he would be sitting on my lap and I would be holding him or my husband holding him um, so that was, I guess, doable to a point. It was also then making sure that we carried his, um, I guess, medicine bag with him as well. I, they they don't prescribe the EpiPen, or they didn't back then, until after 12 months of age. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, 12 months of age. Uh, so we still had the Zyrtec. Um, and then once he was 12 months, we had the EpiPen that we carried as well, even though he hadn't had an anaphylactic reaction. <laughs> Um, and, you know, a lot of allergists say, well, you don't need one. They haven't had the anaphylactic reaction yet. Um, I guess myself and my husband decided we weren't taking any chances. We would carry that just in case he did. Uh, and being multiple food allergies, I think the risk becomes a lot higher too, that there's potential exposure to one of his allergens. Um, I think things changed when Arnold was born and you then have another newborn baby Um you know, myself, I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> Got so many things going on. And I I just had to have a think about what was changing and potential risk that could happen. And that meant that if I was sleep deprived and, um, you know, two, two little kids to look after, there was a chance that something might happen at home. So we decided to make everything at home free of Charlie's food allergens, um, except there was the yogurt that my husband would have in the morning for his breakfast, uh, but he would have that at 5 a.m. and everything was cleaned up and, um, you know, put back away before Charlie would be awake as well. Um, the only time we might have something with Charlie's allergens was if we were out um, and somebody else was cooking it and making it. Um, and even still then, myself as a mum, I would typically order the food that was free of Charlie's allergens anyway. Uh, in case he wanted to try some of my food because we were starting to get to that age. He was two, about two and a half, um, where they are wanting to try some of your food. Um, mm. So that was changing what was in my diet um, in terms of what we would eat at home and if we were out, what I would eat too. Um, but, yeah, I think you, you started to realise as well when you were checking ingredients just how many foods those allergens are in um, and it is it's really surprising where those allergens can hide because it's not just in food it's in the personal care products it's in cleaning products and you know I'd say to Charlie he is my little angel because it forced me to go through all of my personal care products makeup hair products and I started really looking at ingredients and going well I'm looking for the allergens but what are all these other things <laughs> that are listed here are these actually good for for me and for the kids. Um, and so I really went low tox, you know, organic, mm -hmm. clean products 
for the personal care, which would also be free of Charlie's allergens too. Um, but it is a, it's a big lifestyle change, but there's benefits that come from that too, I have found. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a very big impact on you as well. You became an allergy chef, uh, yes. looking at not only their lives, but also what's in different products, making sure you had emergency kits. Mm. Super allergy parents. <laughs> yeah, and it just becomes part of your lifestyle really because you're living it every day. Um, and I think the thing we found, because my husband wasn't, he was at work um, pretty much six days a week, um, he wasn't trained as well as I was. And so he was the one who was more inclined to buy something that he just assumed would be safe for Charlie. And, yeah, there was a few times where um, he would give something to Charlie to eat and it had milk powder in it or or something and, you know, Charlie started reacting, reacting and my husband would be like, what? No, hang on, let me check. Or I, I thought I checked it. Oh, no, it's hidden. In, it does have milk powder. Like that, that's why you have to triple check it really, not just in the store but when you get home and you put it away, when you take it out to, to eat it, that's the whole process of, reducing that risk as much as possible by doing all those checks constantly. Being an allergy parent and having these day-to-day uh, aspects, is that how you came up with Charlie's Treat Box or how did you come up with it? Well, the original idea for Charlie's Safe Treat Box, um, I guess, appeared <laughs> in, in my mind, in my heart, when we were in hospital because Charlie had had an anaphylactic reaction. Um, he'd had a few when he was two or three years old. So some of them, um, he had been at daycare and his daycare was egg and nut-free um, and it meant that dairy was the tricky one to avoid. Um, but, yeah, th things happen, mistakes happen, and unfortunately there was a couple of times Charlie ended up um, needed to go in an ambulance and go in a hospital uh, there was another occasion where Charlie had a raw egg challenge in hospital that went really wrong. He only got to, I think, a cumulative total of two or three mil of egg white and it resulted in staying overnight in hospital and multiple um, doses of, I guess, what would be the EpiPen. Um, that was, yeah, really not a good time that was really stressful time and just trying to figure out how we're going to do this and how we're going to keep him safe but through our um experience staying in hospital where you do assume as a food allergy mum that it will be a safe place for your child with food allergies uh you realize it's actually uh, quite a dangerous place for somebody with food allergies so when when we um had presented to hospital or we arrived by ambulance, um, you know that you're there for a minimum of four hours after an anaphylactic reaction while they observe you and make sure you don't have a, a second reaction. And when you've got a child who's a couple of years old, um, four hours is a long time. And once he was starting to feel better and the EpiPen had worked, um, he was feeling hungry. And so I would ask the nurses if there was anything safe for Charlie to eat. And given his multiple food allergies, they couldn't really find anything, which for me was really surprising because he's not the first child with multiple food allergies that has ended up in hospital. Um, 
And so I think they were able to find there was little so good soy primers. Mm. So he was able to have that. I think there was a lemonade icy pop. Um, and that was about it really. So I was then, because, you know, you haven't planned to be in hospital, I was then relying on um, either my husband to arrive from work and hopefully have some safe snacks for Charlie or if my mum could get there and she could bring something that I knew was safe. Um, And it was through that journey that we realised, or I said to Charlie, I just wish there was a vending machine at this hospital that was filled with allergy-friendly treats. It would be so convenient for us just to be able to go there and have something we can trust to buy and it can just get us through just those those hunger pains really. Yeah. Um, and, I, and Charlie said to me at the time, why don't you do that, Mum? And I said, oh, maybe I'll think about it. And then, yeah, then I had Evelyn not long after um, and life was really busy with three kids and we eventually got around to... Um, starting the idea of the business, it was sort of late 2018, 2019. Uh, so we had put together the plan for the business. We'd um, got the website up and running. And in 2020, I was supposed to be going to Nashville in May 2020 to go to a global vending machine conference to mm-hmm. go and pick the right vending machine for Charlie Safe Treat Books. And, of course, COVID happened <laughs> and the whole world got shut down and those plans all got cancelled for that point um, or, as I like to say, paused. Um, so Charlie and I said, well, let's just wait and see what happens. And at the end of 2020 we realised uh, COVID was going to be hanging around a bit longer than we all wanted and so in 2021, I said to Charlie, well, why don't, we, why don't we change the plan for now and why don't we create a website that um, people can buy the products from there so we can have boxes um, filled with top 10 allergen-free treats that people can buy online and have it delivered to their house. And this way they can taste those treats at home and then when we go back to having the vending machines, they will be familiar with the products and they will be able to go on choose whatever products they want there. Um, but I think the other thing I'll mention is we were, I mean, in our, what, what products do we have in there? Do we just have a mix of allergy-friendly treats? Some might be nut-free, some might be dairy-free and egg-free. Um, but as we discussed how that would work and what would it entail if somebody went to the menu machine? There was still then a lot of stress that would be involved, a bit of confusion. Um, and I would use the example that if we had a Charlie Safe Treat Box vending machine at the zoo and my parents or Charlie's grandparents took Charlie to the zoo, I don't want to say to them, some products in there are safe. The yeah. ones with the purple dot or the green dot or um, and then you've got somebody filling the vending machine, you know, there's too much room for error. So we said, well, I think it's better if we only accept products that are free of the top 10 food allergens and that, you know, people can have allergies outside of the top 10 definitely, but the majority of people will be able to purchase um, one of those products because they're free of the top 10 food allergens. And I would prefer to be able to say to my parents, if they took Charlie to the zoo or, or for anybody going up, that, you know, Charlie can have anything from that machine. All he has to do is choose what what treat he wants for that day. Um, and it just makes it a lot more 
simple. Um, the same sort of thought process was also if we had the vending machines in schools and you've now got the child choosing the product themselves. Um, we just wanted to make it really simple and the risk reduced as much as possible that if they've got a food allergy or their food allergies are only within the top 10, then they could go up and safely pick anything from the vending machine. Um, so it does make it more difficult. It makes it really limited of the products we can um, stock at Charlie Safe Treat Box. And then we also get them to go through a really strict approval process, which is another layer of, um, I guess, complexity, but we need it there because our customers are people with life-threatening food allergies. We want to be able to have every check and process in place within our power um, to make sure that these products are safe for our customers so that they have the confidence that, you know, they can open a box of our treats or go to our vending machines when we do have them um, and safely eat anything there without the, the stress and the worry of will it maybe contain traces? No, it won't because we won't accept those products. And we've, we've gone through a really extensive approval process with the manufacturer to make sure that they understand our customers and that they've got the, the processes in place to make sure that these are safe. That's fantastic. Um, I know that I call the manufacturer to make sure that there's a product that goes, okay, I can, it looks like I can eat it if it's a new product. I'll call the manufacturer myself and yes. we'll discuss it. So it's fantastic that you've taken that from them as well because yes. if they didn't know, they wanted to go, yes, this is safe for if it's a child going up to the vending machine wanting to eat something, that they go, okay, there's, it's, top, it's free of top ten. Yes. And I think the other um, scary thing that I've found as an allergy mum is when I have reached out to a company um, where the product does appear to be safe and I've introduced Charlie Safe Treat Box that we only accept products that are free of the top 10 food allergens. Uh, we don't accept a product if it has a may contain traces or whatever sort of warning on the packaging. Um, and they will write back and say, yes, their product's suitable. Um, you know, let's go ahead. And I say, great, we've just got one more step. We've got our um, supply questionnaire that you need to complete, which is about 100 questions, um, covering different areas of risk that could happen from when you get the ingredients to bringing them to the manufacturing place, to staff, to packaging them, labelling them, um, everything. And there's been a number of companies at that point say actually our products aren't suitable and that's really scary as an allergy mum because I know that if I had been the allergy mum who had called them on the phone and stated what the allergens are and asked if they were safe um, I could have got the answer yes <laughs> uh, but when um, when they've been presented with something where they actually have to prove it then yeah when they step away and say actually no we're not we're not right for you then it gives me peace of mind that that's why we have this this final step in place. Um, we don't just trust, you know, what the marketing says on the packaging. Um, we actually really get into the detail of um, how they can prove to us that, that product is safe. And the right companies are amazing. They complete that questionnaire really quickly because they've already got all the answers and they usually come back saying, we are so impressed with the level you have gone to. <laughs> um, to ensure that these products are safe for your customers. Um, but you've also given us 
a lot of confidence or, you know, a high level of confidence that we actually have the right processes in place. And, um, you know, that's a really good feeling for them too when they are talking to other, you know, allergy customers who might be calling up. They can confidently say, yeah, these are safe for you. Fantastic. Was there any moment that you've been proud of or a milestone that you've hit recently? Um, I guess a, a milestone recently is we've got some awards um, at the SheCom uh, Awards. So Congratulations. Uh, we ended up finalists in four different categories and we, um, for two of those categories, which were gluten-free and hampers, we won the um, Editor's Choice Awards for those ones. So I was really uh, excited and it just gives a bit of a stamp approval that we've had external people judge um, our boxes. And for that one, it was for the original Charlie Safe Treat box. So it's a mix of sweet and savoury treats. Um, they're all top 10 allergen-free uh, in that box, gluten-free and, and vegan in that box as well. Um, so that was that was really good because it's, you know, being externally judged. But I think the biggest um, highlights for me is when I get, I'm going to tear up saying this, when I get an allergy mum contact me because they have, um, sometimes we might have had chat beforehand, they might have a child with allergies and they, they've got a few more questions for me. Um, they might have a child, a child who has allergies outside of the top 10. And so I go back to all those manufacturers who have completed our supply questionnaire and say, yeah. is it free and safe for this customer who has this, it could be a strawberry or a coconut or a kiwi fruit allergy or something. Um, and so, you know, I'm really proud when I'm packaging up the order and sending it out with so much love um, and a big hug to, to the allergy mum who is usually the one who places the order. And, um, you know, sometimes it's a private message or email to me and others, they put a review on our website. Um, but just hearing the impact that this box of top 10 allergen-free treats has had on their child, that, you know, the, the reason that we have these boxes is so that these kids with food allergies in particular um, who are, you know, going through a really tough time sometimes with school, with it could be bullying, it could be... Um, you know, mental health, um, it could just be confidence and a number of different things that they receive this box and they feel seen, they feel valued, they feel special, um, they feel understood and then they get told they can eat everything in this box and they're like, really? <laughs> and a lot of the mums have said, we've actually discovered new products that are safe for our child. We, we didn't know about this one before and now we've finally got a packet of chips that they can take um, to parties, you know, and they can feel cool and included and, you know, um, sort of show off their new safe treats that they can eat. So for me that's, you know, the, the best thing ever is when we actually get received or we receive that feedback from, um, from customers and they're usually the allergy mum. That's so sweet. And it's really hard to find products in the top 10 that you, it's not just at every supermarket or across Australia. No. no. And that's, that's the other benefit of buying our boxes is you do not have to drive to, you know, four or five, six different shops to find it, which is what I used to do with Charlie. You know, I knew that that one product that was safe for him that he did like <laughs> was a 40, 50-minute drive away, and I live in Melbourne. 
you know we've got access to so much but I would have to drive there and sometimes I would drive there and it wouldn't be in stock (laughs) and they'd say it's coming in next week and I'd drive back home and next week I'd drive there again or this time I might call in advance and say hi is that in stock um but yeah you couldn't just go to the one shop you couldn't just go to Coles or Woolworths or something like that and buy all of those treats and particularly when Charlie started um, school and there was birthday parties happening for me that was a non-negotiable he needed those (laughs) safe foods and if I had to drive across the other side of town to get it so he had it to take to the party and life just felt normal for him then that's what I would do Um, where having our our Charlie safe treat boxes means that you know, you can look at your calendar and say, we've got these birthday parties coming up. Um, you can order in in advance. They don't have to take the whole box. Um, actually, we've brought out a smaller size box that is perfect for kids to take to parties as well. So it has is it four or five treats in it. We've got a fidget spinner in there as well because we know that kids get um, nervous and anxious when they yes. are at social events. And so they can sit there and, you know, use their fidget spinner um, just to distract them. And there's the pencils in there so they can colour in the box because it's it's got the mindfulness colouring on the outside. Um, but, you know, we want to just support the allergy mums as much as possible in making their life easy and in um, making life as normal as possible for the kids with food allergies too. And be included. If you're going to those parties, you want to make sure that they're feeling included as well. Yes, yes. And we hope at some point, you know, Charlie Safe Treat Box brand is so well known that you could be a parent who doesn't have a child with food allergies, but you have a child with food allergies coming to the party and you're saying, oh, no, like what safe food can I have for them? Um, You can contact the allergy mum and say, can I order this box for you know, your child with food allergies, will it be safe? Have a look. Um, If it is, I'll order it and I'll give it to your child at the party. Um, And I know, you know, Charlie's 11 years old now, but as a kid he would have loved that. And I would have loved it knowing that, um, you know, all the checks had been done and I didn't need to do all of that myself and that, you know, there was some toys in the box, there was pencils in the box, you know, all the things that he would have needed to just feel safe and included at that party even as an adult if someone looks after (laughs) anyone with food allergies let alone myself it's yes so heartwarming (laughs) yes yes and and I think the other thing is even yesterday we had a play date with some of Charlie's friends and we brought along some of the um, lollies from one of our other boxes where it's just simply sweets in there and they loved them they were like I've never seen this before And um, the mother explained that they're trying to be gluten-free at the moment as well for her and her son. And um, she was looking at it saying, I've never seen these. Like, where do I get them from? Uh, So we gave them some extra packets to take home. But I think that's the other thing that we we get the other feedback is, um, you know, I have a child with food allergies, but um, my other two kids who don't have food allergies loved all the treats in the box too. it's a box of treats for people with food allergies, but enjoyed by people who don't have food allergies as well. <laughs> Stolen. <laughs> so uh, um, with that you've also got a business and you're an allergy mum and looking after allergy mums, looking after this process, 
Is there anything in the day-to-day that you would manage now that you didn't when you first found out or any tips that you would give? I think, um, yeah, if I was speaking to another allergy mum, first of all, you're not alone. I know it feels lonely, but you are not alone. There's so many of us out there and we are navigating this everyday challenge just like you. Um, There is so much support online now. When I first started, I think Facebook was sort of around and, you know, I I don't even, I think groups started at some point and you could join them and that's how you could get a little bit of support. Um, But, you know, like with Allergy Life Australia, you do all of the support groups with people meeting online. Um, You don't have to go somewhere. (laughs) You can just sit at home and meet online and chat with other people and and share stories and um, challenges and successes that way too. there is a lot more um, allergy-friendly products around now as well. There is. So there is a wider variety um, and even just allergy-friendly recipes that you can make at home. There's a lot more options of substitutes you can use, um, which, yeah, we we enjoy. Like even um, if I didn't have the option or if I didn't have to do allergy-free cooking, I probably still would because I like those recipes. Um, Always take your medicine bag with you. Put the habits in place for that. A non-negotiable. Like it's just a non-negotiable. If you've forgotten it, you go home and get it. Um, and I, I say to Charlie just recently, he's started saying, "Oh, should I just leave my my uh, medicine bag in the car because we're just going there and back?" And I said, "No, no. It comes with you everywhere because otherwise you're going to end up with decision fatigue." I'm just going here do I take it or what about next time? And then you end up forgetting it. You've left it somewhere. It's just one rule. You take it with you. everywhere. Um, and that brings me, we've also got, um, we developed some socks, which are Charlie's favourite socks. He wears them. He can't wear them to school, but every weekend that's the, the socks that he wears. Uh, but it's to help remember to bring your medicine bag with you when you leave the house. Um, so for little kids, um, teenagers it just helps enforce a habit that is a life-saving habit uh so the socks are designed where just across the toe it says um epipen so most people as you're leaving the house you put your socks on then you put your shoe on and that's your reminder you've got your socks saying epipen to go oh medicine bag so we have it hanging just at the door as you leave um so charlie knows to grab it and put it on um and it just helps everybody support it. I find that they are good for allergy dads to wear because they're the ones that typically aren't used to uh, remembering the bag because they're, you know, could be at work all the time and it's a new habit that they can easily forget. So it's a great present for the allergy dad too to just subtly uh, encourage them in that way. Um, but, yeah, I think, yeah, you're, you're not alone. There's a lot of us going through the same journey. Um, there are treatments available too. Uh, that's probably something I haven't covered off on, which is a whole other <laughs> episode. Um, but we are an OIT family. We did live in the USA. We moved there for nine months for Charlie to do treatment for his food allergies. Um, it's not a cure either. Um, it's a lot of hard work and there are a lot of benefits of doing it too. Um, but I think that's another exciting space that there are some treatment options becoming available um, overseas and hopefully soon domestically. 
in Australia. Definitely. It's such a, a, a space that moves so quickly um, over the, so many years that not only is there new elements being added, such as the new products that, that you can find, like vegan oyster sauce that has no oysters <laughs> in them or <laughs> all the different products as well and the evolution in um, medicine and how people are dealing, I think it's fantastic, but you definitely have to know. Yes, yes, exactly. If you met someone or a, say if you met a child that just found, a, a family that just found out about allergies, what would you say to them? I hope you outgrow your food allergies. First of all, um, there's a chance that that can happen. And if it doesn't, life can still be beautiful. Life can still be lived to the full. Um, you will just have to put in boundaries around how you do it and habits around how you do it. Um, but it's not, um, it's, it can be scary and lonely and, and all of those things and they are completely justified because when something does go wrong and you are exposed to your allergen, it's awful and scary and um, all of that. But you will learn through allergy life that um, the changes you have to make also bring benefits to you as an allergy family. So for us, you know, it, it forced me to move away from my career, work I was doing, and you know, I'm with the kids all the time. I know my kids inside out. <laughs> but that's also because I'm an allergy mum. You know, I've had to be there for Charlie all the time. School pickup, school drop-off, um, birthday parties I stay. I'm not sure when that's going to change because he is 11 and it'll be a new journey for us there. Um, but it it's forced us to become really close as a family because, um, you know, we we spend so much time together. We end up doing so many shared experiences together. Um, there's a lot more cooking at home together. And so the kids are exposed to um, different meals, different ingredients. They're wanting to jump in. They're wanting to help. Um, and there's benefits of home cooked meals all the time <laughs> that, you know, over the long term, it's, it's going to pay off, I would say. Um, but yeah, you will learn to find your voice and you will learn to speak up because it means protecting your child. Um, that doesn't always come naturally to many people, but it's a, a gift that happens in the allergy world. Um, and you'll get to know yourself. You get to know your strengths as well um, that come with being an allergy mum and an allergy family. And you also get a lot of empathy for other people who are going through hard times in life. You know, um, it's a it's an understanding that you have on a different level. It's such a, a lovely understanding of the allergy community as a whole to have that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that we can expect from Charlie's Safe Treat Box in the future? Oh, I have lots of dreams and plans. <laughs> Um, we would love to go back to the original plan of the vending machines. Um, unfortunately, Arnold was in hospital a couple of months ago now, 
uh, unexpectedly. I was there with him for a few nights um, and I realised whilst there's been some changes since I was last there with Charlie, um, there's still not really many changes. And so that original idea of having vending machines in hospitals uh, that are filled with top 10 allergen-free treats, I think is still very much needed and a solution that we can help hospitals with. Um, the vending machines aren't cheap at all. So, you know, I guess from that point of view, I'd have to look at if there's grants available through hospitals or how I can do funding somehow. Um, some other things I'm working on at the moment, I just received recently the draft copy and hopefully the final one comes through and we can have it in time for Christmas. Uh, but we've developed some um, affirmation cards for kids with food allergies. Uh, so for me, when I showed the draft to Charlie and um, he was looking through it and I was just watching his face as he was reading all these messages and I'm like, yep, yeah, we've we've hit it. Like this is this is what's needed for those kids with food allergies. You know, he's an eleven year old boy, and it got him right in the heart. Um, and I think it's really important because it's another part, um, the mental health side of food allergies for um, people is is a significant thing. So we're um, close to having that ready, and I'm hoping. <laughs> Uh, soon in the next few weeks I'll be able to start talking it online and then we're also going to be developing some affirmation cards for food allergy mums as well because I think they go hand in hand um, and the food allergy mums need that support too. Um, and then I've got some other non-food things as well that I'm wanting to develop and, um, yeah, but I'd love to hear, you know, if anyone's listening and they have any ideas or any feedback or things we can do to help support them and make allergy life easier, then definitely reach out and contact us um, because we are here for the food allergy community and always looking for ways that we can support them more. It's fantastic. I'd love to hear about those uh, affirmation cards, mental health for not just the child but also the people caring for them, looking after them, and those allergy mums is so important yes. that you're looking after the people that are caring for everyone else as well. Yeah. Yes. Where can everyone find more about Charlie's Safe Treat Box? Uh, so you can go to our website, which is www.charliesafetreatbox.com. Um, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Charlie Safe Treat Box. Um, we do have a YouTube channel with a couple of videos there <laughs> you can find us. Um, yeah, but go to the website. You can sign up for our uh, email list there and you will receive a discount code you can use for a first purchase and you also get our uh, free recipe ebook, which is 10 sweet treats for the top 10 food allergens. So um, treats that you can make at home and keep in the freezer for parties or lunch boxes or all those sorts of things and they've all been taste test approved by Charlie too. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining uh, us today on Talking Allergies and for your input both as a business owner and creator but also as an allergy mum and talking about the story as well. It's really impactful and I've learned a lot. So thank you. you. Are most welcome and it's been a pleasure. What a great interview, Grace, and I'm definitely going to jump on Charlie's Safe Treat Boxes website and have a look at those products. The boxes are really cool too. They do. So follow them in.
call it in. Wow. Wow. I've done that for a while, but um, I'll give it a go. <laughs> so, um, and of course, if anybody's tuning in and you want to find out more about the interview and catch all the latest episodes, including finding out about Charlie's safe treat box, jump on www.algylife.com.au forward slash talking with allergies. She was really, really lovely to speak to. And I'm really happy that she was on share with us still as well. Yeah, and I know if anybody else is tuning in who'd like to be a guest of the organization that supports people with allergies or people who sell for allergies and want to share your allergy stories, get in touch with us. Uh, we are always going to share more about well, talking allergies. <laughs> always willing to talk allergies. Always, always. And that unfortunately brings us to the end of our food allergies episode. So, what's on in the next episode? In the next episode, we're going to be talking about an area that both of us can relate to, uh, which is that living with allergies as an adult. It definitely comes with different challenges to living as a kid because you don't have anyone after you. You have to learn how to look after yourself, but also if there are people around, how do you think like them look after you too? It's yeah, that your level of dependency changes quite a lot. So. And it can depend on whether you're having really bad reactions that time and you need more dependency on people or whether you've got it a little bit more under control and you can live more self-dependent too. That's right. And we've also got a special guest on who I'm told is a professional athlete living with allergies. They are. But I always love it because it's, that's what the next episode is all about. Looking forward to more talking allergies. The discussions on talking allergies are here to support you or your loved one on your journey with allergies. The topics discussed here are not intended as medical instruction or as a substitute for advice by a qualified healthcare provider.